Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Small doses. Self-help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nancy Seals. So funky. <laughs> well, in honor of my moving on up and out of my apartment, today's episode is Side Effects of Moving. Get your shit and get on out. It's a thing. You know, they say that moving is second to only death as the most stressful occurrence in life that plagues Americans. It is a real doozy. I have moved several times in my life. And that is coming from like a cancer who's all about being stationary has its own, you know, pluses and minuses. But this episode, I want to really talk about just like what goes on in your mind to cause you to move. And also once you have moved, dealing with the other side of relocation. And that can also be very different depending on where you're relocating to. I don't know about y'all. I've never moved to another country, which I know is like some whole other, other shit. But I also did move from Florida to New York, which is basically moving to another country. Let's get into these gem drops. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <sighs> Today's gem dropping is about moving versus Running away. And I know some of you are like, wait, I mean, but that's like so obvious. Is it? Is it? Because I think that we have all been in situations where we were moving, yes, but deep down we were escaping. And I think that that's a real thing that happens. And I'm not saying it's always bad. Because sometimes you do need to escape before the shit eats you alive. I moved from New York to Los Angeles. And it was different than I would say moving from like Orlando to New York for school. Because I wasn't escaping Orlando. I was going to school. But then, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's always like an element of escape in in, in my moves because I'm leaving because it's like, I gotta gotta go so that I don't stay stationary in this place. But I think that there's something to be said for the fact that moving is choice-based and running away is a reaction. And the ideal is that you want to move because you're choosing to do it and because you have the decisiveness to say, this This is is the the best thing thing for me. And when you get to a point of running away, a lot of times it's because you have let avoidance, you know, build up to a certain point where now that is what is the momentum and that is what's thrusting you out. And then you have a regret. When I left New York, I wasn't running away. I had decided it was time to go. And I therefore had no regrets. I wasn't leaving with something at my back. I was leaving with a future at my foresight. And I was very happy about that because I know a lot of people who have left and then they feel like they didn't finish the work. 
they didn't fulfill. And it was because there was something else that was pushing them or that drew them out. And it wasn't something that was based on like their own decision. And that sucks. It's a shitty feeling. I think that's a lot of the feelings that we have when we like end up in a breakup and we haven't had like a conversation. We're having a breakup based on reaction. And then we end up going back because we feel like it's unfinished business. We feel like we made the decision in negative, in a negative space versus with a positive outlook. And so I think that's the difference between moving and running away. You know, every time I've moved, it's been because I realized there's more positivity where I'm going and I'm going to choose to go there. And it's not because the negativity where I'm at is running me out. It's because I've decided like, no, let's level up. Let's figure out how we can level up. Sometimes even just a parallel move is still a level up because it's like, let me just be over here now with this energy. And it's not always easy. The actual act of moving like from one homestead to another home is very taxing, especially if you're a person like me. You just got a lot of shit because you're a lot of person. I'm just a lot of person. So I just got a lot of shit in my world and I wouldn't trade any of it. Like I am in the process of moving right now and people are like, wow, look at all the stuff stuff you have. And I'm like, because I've been in a lot of places and I just got a lot of stuff and I've, you know, done a lot of things and that's just what it is. And I feel like not enough people um, like respect the fact that like different people live differently. You know, like I remember I had a friend who was like, Amanda, you know, you should do like me and just like get rid of everything you have and like just live, you know, with like a limited amount of possessions. And I'm like, You live at your mom's house. Like you moved back in with your mom. So you had to get rid of your possessions because there is no room at your mom's house. So let's chill. Okay. All that to say, I understand that sometimes you got to run away. Sometimes you got to. I mean, it's just like shit hits the fan and there ain't no time to like figure it out. It's just like pack it up and move on. I get that. Totally. And I just want to impart everybody out there with the, with the understanding of like, if you got to do that, ain't nothing like wrong with it, but don't do that unnecessarily. Don't do that based on avoidance. Don't do that based on fear that is really in your own control. If you're not fearing for your life, You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're in a domestic abuse situation. Then, yes, you run away. You escape. You move. Like, you got to do that. But, like, you'll have people who just run away because they're afraid of having to face some truth or they're afraid of having to face themselves or they're afraid of having to deal with the realities of a situation. You know? So they're just like, I'm out. They ghost on their own life. And that is hard to come back from. And you know the the fact of the matter is, you never really get away. Because even if you leave physically, it stays with you, mentally and emotionally. I mean, I had a dude literally look me in the eye and be like, if I don't leave Oakland, I'm going to die. And it was like, no matter where you go, if you haven't dealt with your demons, they haunt you. It doesn't matter if you're in Panama. It doesn't matter if you're at Disneyland. It doesn't matter if you're in a new relationship. Like, You have to deal with these things. So sometimes just relocating isn't even going to cut it. On the other hand, sometimes relocating is exactly what's got to happen. Because you're in a rut. 
or you're in a, a mode or you've built up too many memories in that space that it's now clouding new experiences and new memories. And you done saged the shit out of that shit. You done just a whole sage Alina. And you're like, okay, but still, like, but I'm like, why? You know, like, I felt like that with New York for a while. It was just like everywhere, every time I'd go back to New York, it's like there's so much memories here. And so many of them are positive, but they're kind of like overrun by the negative ones. And I would be there just like, ah, I hate this. And it took a while. It took a while to kind of like reconcile with New York and make up and know that it is a home that I had. And that once you have New York, you never lose it. It took a while um, to come to peace and to grips with it. And I had to get out of New York. I didn't run away from New York, but I absolutely made the decision, like, if I don't move from this place, I will stay where I'm at. And the, the, the real truth is that when you're moving, you're going somewhere. When you're running away, it's like you're going anywhere. And you want to go somewhere, not anywhere. You want to find the place that is where you're supposed to be. And we don't want a Jason Bourne every situation. Where we're just out and about, you know. Jason Bourne went to Greece and thought he had found somewhere. He was all good with the redhead chick from, from Germany. And then they killed her when they were driving casually. And next thing you knew, Jason Bourne became a nomad. He wasn't somewhere. He was just anywhere that he could be and still be alive while he was figuring out who the fuck Jason Bourne was. He's fighting people with wash rags in Morocco. And you're, and you're like, Jason, Jason. And you're really realizing that all of this is about the fact that like he can't be somewhere because he doesn't even know who he is. So he's really not just searching for somewhere like to live and be able to be and and be like solid. He can't get there until he knows who the fuck Jason Bourne actually is. It's an ultimatum. Blackwater. Serious business, guys. I'm a huge Jason Bourne fan. Really big stuff. Good stuff. Not a big Matt Damon fan, but a big Jason Bourne fan. Big. Huge. So anybody who's where they're at right now, and you're sitting and you're thinking to yourself, like, is it time for me to move? Ask yourself, are you moving because you have done everything you can with where you're at? Or are you running away because you're afraid or you're not sure or you're avoiding Doing everything you can with what you've got. We're serving it. All right. These were really good DMTs. And thank you guys so much. I know that my IG is like not working and my DMs are like not functional, but you guys were so dedicated to getting these questions to me that you came on over to Smart Funny and Black's Instagram and dropped them into the DMT over there. And I like that because that means you can follow directions when they're leading you in the right direction. First question. My, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna synopsis this for you. Basically, she moved 
her ex's dad gave her some speakers. Only one of the speakers works. Her and the ex aren't friends. They're cool now, but the dad passed away. She doesn't want to give away the speakers. Maybe she should let go of the speakers. She asks, do I just throw away the speakers and get me an Alexa? When moving, how do we decide which items that we are emotionally attached to should stay or go? I mean, I think there's a couple basic stuff with that. First of all, is there room? Like, realistically, is there room? And do these items still function? So that's like a first start. Then we have to ask ourselves, why are we we emotionally attached to this? Because is that emotional attachment healthy? Is it valuable? Because, I mean, there's a real thing about that. And, like, especially when people pass, it's, like, something that you still have from them. And you're, like, I don't want to give this away or get rid of this because it feels like I'm giving away this last piece of them that I have when they're not here anymore. So I get that, and that's totally real. But I think there's also something about the fact that, like, certain things become, like, these, like, false relics, like, that we keep holding on to that are not as not necessarily memorializing somebody but are kind of like haunting us. <laughs> I mean, we do this a lot with like failed relationships, right? Where we carry these things with us from the last person to the next person and we do that emotionally and mentally and then sometimes it happens like physically where like you have the opportunity to say I have this leftover thing from this person And I'm moving to a new place. Do I carry this with me? Well, girl, you know, you already got the baggage. So you don't need to have it in the literal sense, too. In the case of this young woman, I mean, they're small JBL speakers. They're not, like, taking up a lot of space. But I wonder if there's maybe a way to kind of utilize them that still allows them to be in your space and in a functional way since only one of them works. Like, maybe maybe you use them as book... um, bookends you know maybe use them as bookends maybe you paint them you know maybe you use mod podge and get pictures of him and you know put a mod podge collage on the side of them i don't know maybe you take the screen off of them and you just like hang the screen up i have a screen from my original jbl speakers that i had drawn on that i still have like ornamentally like as a ornament on my actual christmas tree I put a string on it and made it an ornament on my Christmas tree. I'm a crafty bitch, so I'm just giving you some crafty-ass ideas. But when it boils down to it, like, the way that you decide, I feel like, is really about deciding how emotionally attached are you to this thing? And also, like, is it healthy for you to be emotionally attached to this thing? Because that is really what it all comes down to. Because moving is really stressful, but in its best case... It's about getting you to a more healthier place. And so if you're unhealthily emotionally attached to something, you don't want to bring it with you to the new space that you're trying to get a better sense of health in. You feel me? So that to me is my short answer. And it takes you kind of being real with yourself. And you don't want to have regret. So don't make that shit out of a hasty space. Sleep on it. Think about it. Journal about it. Because when you lose things, you you don't want losing them to haunt you either. I'm still haunted by a gray, pink, and white Rockaway suit that I still cannot seem to find. 
And I know that I had it before I moved here. And I still feel like there's a possibility that my mother put that shit outside and it was one of the days that I didn't check. God damn it. Next question. What advice would you give to someone leaving their security and known world in New York to relocate to what feels like the other side of the planet in California? Don't expect for shit to be the same out here. Don't come out to California looking for your New York in California. Come out to California knowing that you're in a new place. You are on a new planet, damn near. The terrain is different. The people are different. The culture is different. The nature is different. You know, the, the, even just the practices of, of functionality are different. You're, you're in a car. car. In New York, for the most part, we're not in cars like that. And even when we do have a car, a lot of us still move between the car and the train in a way that we don't hear in at least Los Angeles, let alone in California. So my biggest thing would say, don't come out here trying to recreate the life you had in New York. Come out here with a sense of adventure. Be the Magellan. Be the... Um, who's the dude, who's, who's the brother that went to the North Pole? Be the Matthew P. Henson. Be the John Luke Picard on the Starship Enterprise. Exploring new worlds and new civilizations. Boldly going where very many have gone before. Find comfort in the fact that very many have gone before. You're not going into the Alpha Quadrant and having to figure out how to deal with Romulans and how to manage Ferengis and their thieving asses. No, you're coming to a place that has been charted over and over and over and over again. So don't feel like you're the only one. Because that's where we get the loneliness in. No. You come into L.A., mad people didn't come to L.A. and figured it out. Let me be an example. I came to L.A. three years ago and within, I mean, this is a unique case, but within nine months, I was on an iconic television show and have managed to be there and still just got renewed for season four. Hey, ho, let's do it, Stephanie Dubois. Hey, ho, let's go, Stephanie Dubois. But with that being said, the reality is that, like, it's not uncharted waters. And that should bring you a certain level of comfort. And you're not moving out of the country. You're moving somewhere where they also still speak English. Listen, do not underestimate the value of the fact that you're moving somewhere where they speak the same language that you do. The, the cultural practices of drinking dream, green juice and walking Runyon Canyon may differ, yes. And yes, things move a little slower. Yes, traffic is a real thing. And yes, it is sunny all the time, but it is a whole new world and that doesn't have to be a bad thing. I mean, get your Carmen San Diego on, get that wide brimmed red hat and set forth. We out here because the, the West side is the best side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm crib walking. Last question. So I'm currently living in a state that does not quite suit my career aspirations. I know where I want to go, but it's so hard for me to secure a job while living in another state. Do I just pack my shit and go or try harder to lock down a position first? Help! I'm a very, very, very big believer in you got to get up and go. Now, I don't say just get up and go without saving. 
I do feel like you need to save. I do feel like you need to go out there with a nest egg of at least three months and set yourself up for winning because you want to be able to pursue a job without the stress of like, I, I need, need to get, get a, a fucking job, job immediately. immediately. Like, oh, oh my God. God. So I definitely feel like, you know, it's smart to get yourself like some buffer if you can but i have never really trusted this whole idea of like oh i'm gonna try and get a job in this place before i go there i know that that doesn't work in la it's very 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 rare to get a job in la before moving to la and most of the people i know we came out here we had some money saved up and we pursued ardently like once we touched the hit the ground we pursued getting employment and it was and it came to us but you got to like be in the space and i don't really know what that is i don't know what kind of wah wah woo woo you know uh situation that's really about but i've seen that it's just uh, maybe it's about you committing and you letting the universe know that like okay i'm meeting you halfway universe i got my ass here let's do an if you build it they will come situation and it seems to be the best way. But again, I ain't saying be brash. I ain't saying just like, you know, put your shit in the duffel bag and get on the train like a hobo and head on out there. But I do feel like if you're really about moving and you already know that the place that you're in is not the place to be, sh- sh- shut it down. S that D. Shut it down. Ba-dum-bum. On today's People I Like, I just want to shout out a specific kind of person. Anybody who offers to help people move. You, you, you are the real MVP. You are a unicorn. You are a queen and a king amongst vassals. You, you deserve to have the ring. We don't even need to put it in Mordor. No, you can have power over all. You have all the infinity stones. You are the avatar. Because when someone offers to help you move, that someone has now acknowledged your friendship in a real way. Because we all know what moving entails. It's not fun. It's laborious. It's annoying. It's stressful. And they're saying... I know that and I'm going to insert myself into that situation just because I love you and want to try and ease that pain. And I will take this over and like, listen, I would never ask anyone to be in like a wedding. Ugh, never. But that also holds the same level of stress. You got to buy a dress and you got to like go and like be there. But if you want to be Really helpful to me. It's like, that's the greatest show of help. Somebody saying, let me help you move. And you don't have to accept their help. And you know, some people aren't good at helping move. I mean, my mom came to help me move and it was the worst. She was literally the worst helper of all time. Like, I would come home and be like, why is this outside? I'm not throwing this away. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm like, I can't. The best people, the people I like that help you move are people who come in and are like, what do you need me to do? And then they just do it. Like, I need you to put these books in those boxes. And they're like, got Got it. it. And they handle business because it's also like very overwhelming to move. And so you need people to come in that are like objective and that haven't been living amongst the boxes. You become a box 
troll. You're living amongst the boxes. You know, and you don't have a consciousness anymore and everything just looks like it's something worth throwing out. You know, you've just been the air in the boxes. You're haggard. You know, you're wearing the last two pieces of clothing that you didn't pack. You know, you're wearing two different flip-flops because that's all that was left over. You're haggard. You smell because you just packed the soap. You're just trying to get out. You're trying to get out. You need people that come in and are like, okay, I see what's going on here. All right, let's, let's not throw away your limited edition signed autographed photo of Lando Calrissian. I feel like you may want that. And you're like, I don't know what I want anymore. I've been living amongst the boxes. And they come in and they're like, no, no. Because where you're going is on up to the new crib. And if we don't sort through this bullshit, you're going to be sad in the new crib. So let me come and help you do it. And you're like, you know what? Yeah. I do want you to help me do it. Those are the people I like. So shout out to anyone who has ever helped me move. Because I appreciate you. I honor you. And to this day, my mother considers you to be a different level of friend than those who were like, yeah, I'm good. I had a friend, I have, I have a, a friend who, a previous friend who's like trying to come back into my life now. And I gotta tell y'all, she did some fuck shit that I can't even like forgive. But not not forgive, but it's like that I don't want to bother bringing back into my space. Like forgiving is easy. You're like, yeah, 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 you did that shit. I don't fuck with you. I'm not going to hold it over you. Like if I see you on the street, I'll like say hello. But you don't get to like be back in my like friendship circle. You don't get to come to my new crib. No, no, no. But when I was moving... She was getting married. And I moved the date of my moving to DJ her wedding. Okay? She was getting married. I get it. I was moving across the country. And it was like we literally had the same conversation that, like, Tiffany had on Insecure. When she's like, you guys didn't help me plan my fucking baby shower. And they're like, but our lives are crazy. And she's like, I'm having a fucking baby. That's how I felt about my move from New York. It's like, you didn't help me move. You told me you were coming over. You stood me up. And then you never said anything about it again. And she was like, well, I mean, I was getting married. And I'm like, I was moving across the entire country by myself with my cat. Are you, got, are you goddamn kidding me? And for the record, she knew she was guilty. Because she never helped me move. I still DJed her wedding. She's getting a divorce. I still DJ'd her wedding. And then the night that I was moving, the night that I was like the last night in my apartment, she texted me and was like, you know, have a safe trip or whatever. I hadn't heard from her for like three weeks. Well, no, two weeks because I had moved my shit two weeks. So I hadn't heard from her since her wedding. And they didn't go on a honeymoon. So it wasn't like she wasn't there. She was there. She was up the street. And she was like, you know, good luck tomorrow. And I was like, thanks. And she replied, NP. Yeah, when people hit you with that MP, yeah, man. Sometimes it's a vine, but sometimes it's like, oh, I see what's happening here. And then I didn't hear from her again for literally like five months. 
And she was like, you know, I just thought that maybe you were upset with me. And it's like, you, you thought I was upset with you because you knew I should be upset with you. So I say all that to say that, like, when someone's moving, if you know they're moving, even if you're not, like, into packing, maybe there's somewhere else, somewhere, you know, another way that you can help them. Maybe it's like, hey, you know, I know you've been packing and it's real stressful, so I'm going to take you to dinner. You know, or let's go to a movie and take like a packing break or whatever. But like moving is stressful because you're not just moving physical things. You're moving your consciousness and like your peace. Like your home for the most part is a place of peace. And whether you're moving because you're getting a bigger place or because that place is no longer peaceful anymore, it's still very kind of like, you know, uh, it's it's you're still jostled by the fact that you got to uproot and then lay down and that's why like when i see refugees you have to understand what that must mean to be a refugee what it must mean to not run away to not move but to be actively forced out of your place of peace and your place of awareness and consciousness and of comfortability and to have to like rebuild that somewhere else so you know it's like Take heed of that also, just, just a, a side, side note, note, when you're understanding the fact that, like, we as Americans love to be like, we don't want people coming here. And it's like, listen, we got a lot of room here. We got a lot of space where we can give actual new places of peace and comfort to people who had that taken away from them. And when someone is actually having the luxury of doing that and is moving and going to somewhere else where they get to create their own peace, it doesn't mean that they don't deserve that, too. It doesn't mean that they don't want support, too. They do. I'm moving to a way nicer place. And I still need my friends to be like, hey, you need to put some books in a box, some box in a book. What? Some books in a box. See, that just lets you know right there where I'm at with it. God damn it, I'm stressed. That, that one time. <laughs> so I have moved a few times in my life. First, I moved from L.A. to Orlando when I was eight years old. And... I mean, I guess I didn't really have to do much with that move. Like, my mom really just handled business. And I just remember, though, like, moving here and people would ask me, like, how do you like it? And I was like, it's boring as shit. Like, you can sit on your front lawn and no one drives by for, like, four hours. That's, That's a gross, gross exaggeration. exaggeration. But I think for me it was, like, living in L.A., I lived behind a car wash <laughs> and Taco Bell was across the street. And I was kind of just accustomed to, like, you know, things around me. And when I moved to the Burbs, it was like just crickets. I eventually came to really appreciate that. And I eventually came to appreciate space. Because when I lived in LA with my mom, we lived in a townhouse. I mean, it wasn't like we didn't have room. But once we moved to Orlando, we had a house. And we had a big-ass backyard. And we had a big-ass front yard. And I really came to appreciate space. And open spaces. We had an open floor plan and it just became like a very comforting thing to me because I really love the ocean too. And I think it has something to do with that. Like I just kind of like expanse and I got a lot going on in this brain of mine. So I like to be able to like, you know, have room to let it extend, expand. But then you move to New York into dorms and fuck that. Ain't no expanding in those with them extra long twins. Why do they give us these extra long twins? I know it's because they're like, it needs to be a skinny bed, but we're going to have tall people, so we got to do the extra longs. But man, those used to be a bitch. All y'all going to school now, consider yourselves lucky. Extra long twins, you can get all type of extra long twin bedding. In 1999, finding extra long twin bedding was literally like finding Helga Hufflepuff's cup in Bellatrix's vault. I mean, it was literally like you were searching for the seventh Horcrux. I mean, where, how, who, what? 
It's 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 literally. I mean, it's like finding uh, an individual who went to Freaknik that it, that is completely sure that they don't have a child that may have happened without their knowledge. It's very difficult to know. Freaknik was a very interesting time in the '90s, and there were many people who went there and did not involve themselves with contraception. So it, it's possible. It just was, it was just very difficult. That's my point. <laughs> it's very difficult. Now, I moved four different dorms while I was in college. I lived in the far side, then big house. Then I lived in what I called the whack back. It was really called the outback, but I called it the whack back. And then I lived in the old. And this is all at SUNY Purchase. And I was very big on like personalizing my space and maximizing my space. I became a master space maximizer while in the dorms because I didn't have less stuff. I just had no room. But I also couldn't like encroach on my roommate side because that's not fair. So it was always very like, you know, fun for me to kind of figure out first day of school, how are we going to organize this room? And my roommate for three years was very, you know, compliant with that we would both work together to figure out like how do we make the most out of this space and so that was really good then I moved uh to Harlem and I first lived in a two-bedroom with my homegirl and then she moved out because she couldn't handle the bills and then one day I went downstairs to throw out the trash and behold the two-floor duplex on the first floor of the building was being vacated. You guys, this was Helga Hufflepuff's cup. This was Akeem finding his queen in Queens and coming to America. Oh my goodness. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> to be loved. To be loved. Oh, what a feeling. To be loved. Shut up! Fuck you! Yes! Fuck you! Fuck you too! I had found the Holy Grail, an apartment in Harlem that was two floors with two bedrooms and two bathrooms and closet space. Get out of here! It's a unicorn. It's a unicorn. It's a unihome. And I had to then move from the second floor apartment down to the first floor. The way that I devised this, I, I did, did not pack. pack. One day I invited all of my homeboys over. My homegirls came over and cooked. And my homeboys moved my apartment from the second floor to the first floor. Literally, we never packed a thing. Like full bookcases were just carried down the stairs into the new apartment. Everything was moved in that day. It was the most efficient move of all time. And the key, one of the key individuals in, in this move was the person who then married the person who didn't want to help me with the move because she was getting married. So, from the math, you can tell that this person was my friend, like, for much longer. 
And he helped me with that move. I didn't ask him to help me with the move when they were married because, you know, then it becomes funny style because I'd become friends with his fiance who then became his wife. But, you know, then it's like if I'm asking him to help me move, you know, people, people are funny about their husbands and like what their husbands are helping you do to the point where like when I moved to L.A., a friend of mine was living out here and I was like, hey, can you help me like put together my bed? And he was like, don't tell my wife. And I was like, why can't we tell your wife that you're helping me put together my bed? And he was like, because I didn't want to put together any of our furniture. So she's going to be upset that I helped you put together your furniture. I'm like, I mean, she eventually got upset that he was, you know, cheating on her and invited his mistress to their child's baby birthday. So I think, you know, what we've learned here is that I don't necessarily know a lot of great people that have handled their marriages to the best of their abilities. But. I do know some dope people who have helped me move. And throughout all of those moves, each of those moves were significant for various reasons. But I would say the most significant of my moves was moving from New York to L.A. For obvious reasons, but also because I loved New York, y'all. Like, when I tell you I was the New Yorker, before I even moved to New York, I was a New Yorker. New York was the dream. It was the hope. It was the goal. And I'd always tell myself, if you are crossing the Triborough Bridge and you do not find yourself in awe, in mysticism, and in joy of the fact that you get to look upon this majestic skyline, that's when it's time for you to move. And the first time I ever experienced that was when I landed from a flight to Paris. I came back from Paris in 2012 and I landed and I cried. I cried upon landing because I had for the first time realized that my life wasn't as good as I thought it was. And by going to Paris and seeing this other experience in this other world, it let me know like you're not as popping as you think you are. Your shit isn't as fly as you think it is. And some people don't want to find that out. Because then they don't know if they have the wherewithal to actually elevate or they don't know if they can figure out like where to do or they don't or they may not even have the resources to elevate. And so that that truth might like sting in a way that they can't get shaken from. But when I tell people, oh, if you're spending your money on Jordans and Nike suits and you're not and you don't have a passport, you're losing. I mean that you are losing the opportunity to broaden your perspective to the full extent to which your potential can reach. And if you are letting yourself think that just having these material possessions is more important than getting the opportunity to see beyond your world, then you are losing because you have lost perspective on the advancement of widening your perspective. Thank goodness I went to Paris. Thank goodness I got the option and the opportunity to go and I took it. Because when I came back, it set me on a course to know that I could reset my life and I could reset my borders and I could reset my perimeters. And it took me years. It didn't happen right away. It took me four years because it wasn't until, no, it took me three years. Because it wasn't until 2015 that I was able to actually move. But that trip is what started me in the process of saying, it can be better. And I had never considered that. It never occurred to me that I could live a better life than the one I was living at that time in New York. And I went somewhere else and it showed me. And it was really necessary. And I began to pursue the idea of better. And moving is, is you pursuing the idea of better. At its best, that's what moving is. So even in the stress and the frustration and the overwhelmingness of it, you got to still like get back to the bottom line of like, but you're pursuing better. And I am a big believer that we all deserve the best. We do. We deserve what we consider to be our best. I remember when I was living in New York and I came home one day 
And the woman in the one of the women in my building was sitting outside in a like picnic chair and smoking a hookah. And she was sitting outside next to her boyfriend's cab and he had the trunk open and he was playing music out of the trunk. This was their Saturday. And they were having the best time. And kudos to them. But I was like, that ain't my good time. And if I stay here, that might end up being what my Saturdays become. And I had to consciously make the decision of like, that ain't going to be you. It's not going to be you. And moving to L.A. took a lot of courage, not just to physically move here, but to ask for help to move here. I was at BET. I had a web series at BET, and they had done one episode. And then we did a couple more episodes. And I had went on a trip to L.A., and I knew this is where you're supposed to be. But I knew that I couldn't get there without the money. And I had to get the courage up to go into my boss and say to her, listen, I want to better my life. And I believe that the way to do that is to go to Los Angeles. And the only way I can get there is with some financial support. Can we pick up my show? I don't know if you were going to do it anyway, but if there was anything else that you needed to know to make that decision happen, know that it would change, it would change my ability to change my life for the better. And she said, I want to be a part of you improving your life. I'm going to pick it up for a year. And it's because of that, because of that income that I was able to save up money along with the lectures that I was able to procure after the CNN catcalling incident. And because of those combination of things, I was able to move to Los Angeles and, you know, be like LC at the beginning of the hills. Staring at the window before you, but the pinky pinking in it. your inhibitions, let your will of Robbie. Skip on that bed to bed for you. Skip on this school to be Let it in, let it Shout out to Natasha Bedingfield, who is super nice and incredibly talented. And if you've ever wanted to cry because you are going through side effects of loneliness and you need to like really dig deep in there, listen to her song Soulmate. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah. That's a journey to the depths of solitude. The last dose. And now here I am in L.A., moving here. I will say I've had a different experience than a lot of folks because I had people that were here already. So I didn't have to build a tribe from scratch. But I had someone, you know, ask me recently, how do you build a tribe? And how do you get real connections? And one of them is that you have real conversations. And when you're in a place like L.A., that can be really hard to do because people want to talk about bullshit. They want to talk about career They want to talk about business. That's all they want to talk about. And not to say that those things aren't real, but when you ask, how are you? I'm really asking, how are you? Not like, how is your resume doing? And like, what are you doing? Like, I want to know, how are you in your heart? And those conversations don't happen enough here. So that's one of those things. But I I give anybody who's moving credit. Um, because it, it takes, no matter how much money you have, how much time you have, how much support you have, it takes a lot to say, I'm going to go from where I am to where I want to be. And even if that next place that you're going isn't exactly where you want to be, let it be the step on the way to where you want to get to.
It's a good show.